This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, November the 2nd. Coming up, you can find out whose effigy will be burnt at the stake in Kent this bonfire night. But first today, a damning report has found police vetting standards are not high enough and making it too easy for the wrong people to join and stay in forces. The watchdogs carried out a review after Sarah Everard was murdered by Wayne Cousins, who was, at the time, a serving Met police officer from Deal. His Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary, Matt Parr, says they found poor decision-making in the vetting process. Too many of the wrong people are joining the police. The police aren't good enough at getting the wrong people out of the police when they should be, uh, and that the culture of misogyny and predatory behaviour towards women is much greater than than anybody should be able to accept. The danger to the public, of course, is that you've got people who shouldn't be police officers. Now that matters, obviously, because there might be a chance of them committing crimes against the public, against each other. Uh, But it also matters because every time one of these dreadful cases comes up, public confidence in the policing is chipped away a bit. Cabinet Minister Mark Harbour says he hopes the report inspires forces to act. It's a real wake-up call for chief constables across the country. What the government hopes is that those chief constables and the, you know, the National Police Chiefs Council will look at this report and every force will look at their practices and make the necessary changes to improve standards so the public have the confidence in the police force. Meantime, a Met Police officer and an ex-PC are due to be sentenced today for sharing grossly offensive messages with Sarah Everard's killer. 35-year-old Jonathan Cobbin and 45-year-old Joel Borders were part of a WhatsApp group with Wayne Cousins. He's serving a whole life sentence. Staying with police recruitment and turning now to Kent's Crime Commissioner, who's calling for changes to to try and encourage more people into the force. Matthew Scott has written an open letter to the Home Secretary and he's been speaking to Gabriel Morris from our colleagues at KMTV. I've written on behalf of 16 PCCs to suggest to the Home Secretary that we need reform of police training and recruitment. At the moment, you don't need a degree to join the police. However, the system that's been put in place says effectively you need one to qualify. Whether you join with a degree or not, you still need one to be a police officer. And we don't think that that is actually the case. There are great officers with a degree. There are great officers who don't have a degree. We want a blend of options because the unfortunate consequence of making it a graduate profession means that it's not as easy to onboard special constables or PCSOs who wish to transfer over, career changes, or maybe people who leave the military. So we've suggested a reasonable compromise that gives police forces a choice not a compulsion to do degrees. And I guess if this change was to be made, you would see more police um, entering the service. I would hope so. I mean, we do very well for recruitment at the moment. We're on track to meet our goal to recruit 195 extra police officers this year. We've got more police officers than ever before. However, what we want is the most diverse range of talent that we can possibly get. That includes people who have been special constables before, Uh, people who are leaving the military or career changes from elsewhere who uh, maybe don't meet the academic qualifications that would would be needed to uh, obtain the degree. We think it should be a much more flexible process so that policing can 
yes, meet the challenges of training in the 21st century, but also bring in some really good people. There are some great people who have degrees. There are great people who don't have degrees. We just want the, the most diverse range of talent to come into policing. We've got more police in Kent now than ever before. We want more people to come in to join the police uh, and help us boost neighbourhood policing again. So we hope that the Home Secretary will take a favourable view of our letter and give police forces back the choice as to which programmes they want to run locally. Kent Online News. The government's being urged to work more closely with councils to stop young refugees being put in hotels when they arrive in the UK. Data shows almost 600 unaccompanied children have been placed in the accommodation in the last six months and more than 200 have been reported missing from hotels. James Jameson from the Local Government Association says councils need more support to help young people. Because of the pressure on the system, we've seen nearly 3,000 and children placed in hotels over the last year or so. That's 14 per day. Now, obviously, they're not staying in there for the whole whole time. They're typically 16 days, I think, is the average. But hotels are not the right place for children. They need a more supportive environment, a less risky environment, placing with foster carers or, or other suitable supported uh, accommodation. And that's why we've come up with a four-point plan to improve the situation. This is essentially about providing more uh, long-term homes for unaccompanied uh, children. For that, we need more foster carers. There's huge pressure on the foster care system. So our first uh, request of government is to establish a Pathfinder foster career recruitment campaign. Uh, Secondly, to look at alternative schemes. The Ukrainian scheme has been incredibly good at finding homes uh, for families from Ukraine, but it's also an opportunity to find homes uh, for uh, older children as well. Uh, Thirdly, uh, and as a last resort, is to look at an alternative of councils being able to provide safe reception and care services uh, for these children, many of whom are 16, 17 year olds, And then uh, finally, work to improve placement sufficiency for all children in care. All councils want to do the best that they can for the children who are in their area, whether they are residents or whether they are unaccompanied asylum seeking children. Uh, And that that is our mantra. And we also have a duty of safeguarding for those children. So it's our responsibility. The current asylum system is essentially working in a crisis mode. We need to work across the public sector to have a better long term solution to this, to find appropriate accommodation to support uh, unaccompanied asylum seeking children appropriately to make sure they're safe and to help them integrate uh, into our society. Meantime, the leader of Ashford Borough Council says he's extremely angry with the Home Office for booking out a hotel for asylum seekers without liaising with the local authority. Jerry Clarkson says the government has shown a complete disregard for them and the local community. Bosses across Kent and Medway are writing to urge Suella Braverman to stop using the county as an easy fix for a national problem. Now it comes as hundreds of asylum seekers have been moved out of a processing facility 
city in Thanet that's become dangerously overcrowded. The immigration minister says numbers at Manston have fallen substantially and more people are expected to be moved today. It follows concerns about inhumane conditions for people who've crossed the channel in small boats. And it's also emerged a man suspected of carrying out a petrol bomb attack at an immigration centre in Dover appears to have posted anti-Muslim rants on social media. Andrew Leake, who was 66 and from High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire, was later found dead in his car. Counter-terrorism police believe Sunday's attack was fuelled by some form of hate-filled grievance. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Some other top stories for you now and a convicted sex offender from Marden is back behind bars after using his mobile to access images of child abuse. David Halley was jailed for six years in 2015 and his use of internet devices was restricted when he was released. Officers made an unannounced visit to the 40-year-old's house in Ballard Close in September and found illegal images on his phone. He's been locked up for another four years. A sixth person's been charged after a gang armed with knives forced their way into a property in Sevenoaks. One of the people living there was assaulted while money and mobiles were stolen when it happened in August. A 22-year-old from Croydon has appeared before magistrates and is due at Crown Court later this month. A group of young people have been terrorising a neighbourhood in Ramsgate, damaging property, stealing Halloween decorations and even climbing a block of flats like it was a so-called jungle gym. Now, one mum from Prestige Avenue says her two children can't play outside because they've been bullied by the group. She recently posted video and photos of two children sitting on the roof of a four-storey block of flats next to her home. You can see those images by heading to Kent Online. One of Kent's MPs could be banned from driving after being caught using his mobile phone behind the wheel. Tom Tugendhat was stopped by police in Wandsworth back in April. The Tunbridge and Morning Rep has apologised and the case is due to be heard in court on Friday. Two men have been arrested following a fight at a pub near Folkestone. Furniture in the garden was damaged after two groups clashed in the high street in Elam on Friday night. A 46 and 29-year-old were held on suspicion of a fray. They've now been released under investigation. Now this is perhaps unsurprisingly one of our most read stories on Kent Online today. A Kent couple who started selling X-rated content online while struggling for cash during lockdown say they've had more negative comments about the money they've made than the posts themselves. Ben and Kirsty Stroud met 13 years ago while working in prisons on the Isle of Sheppey. They then went on to launch a gym in Folkestone and work as personal trainers. But like many other companies, they were forced to close the doors when COVID struck. Well, the pair have been telling their story to our reporter, Reese Griffiths. We were in peak lockdown and we were sort of in trouble with the other businesses and stuff because uh, we weren't really getting a lot of help from um, the government anyway. And uh, we were always off doing swingers parties and things anyway. And I watched a program on um, on this type of content creation. And one of the girls was going, yeah, well, I do this and I earn this much. And this is what I have to do for it. And I remember looking at, Kirsty looks a specific way. <laughs> you know, muscles. Muscles and stuff. <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, listen, you're literally sitting on a gold mine. What are we doing? Let's just monetize what we're doing. Mm. Um, so uh, I think eventually we did, didn't we? You know, we just went, yeah. oh, let's go for it. So what happened was, because I was working in Morrison's, like doing the delivery driving, and I was sick of that. So I, I just thought, right, we'll upload some pictures and see how far that goes. We'll just give it a go, because we had loads of pictures anyway. Um, probably a lot of people do. So we just yeah. thought, right, we'll try and sell them, 
And then in the first week, I made more, like double what I was earning in Morris's. In a month? In a week. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I just thought, wow. Thing. The only thing that I was a bit like, oh, was like friends and family. Yeah. Well, so, most of our friends are fine with it. We've got a lot of kinky friends anyway. Yeah. So they're and like, oh yeah, well done. You know? People notice like my Instagram changing from like being muscle like here to like my bum being on show quite a lot of it. So my family were a bit yeah. like, oh, what's going on? But they're all right. They just thought we were selling bum photos. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they've eventually switched onto it now. Yeah, and they're okay about it. Yeah. We did think about doing porn shoots, like me going out for the day and getting so much money for the day, but I just thought, I don't really want to do that. It's like a 10 hour bank. Like, yeah, no. that's, pretty, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit intense. And then to come home and then just be like, <laughs> and you'll be like all horny. I'm like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it suits up this that type of method it suits us very well. At first people were a little bit funny about it, um but not many people. Um we had a few quite a few it's like when she got a new Range Rover or I got a new car and, and things like that. But you got a little bit of nose turning and, and that kind of thing, but our true friends were good for you. Wish I had the balls to do it or whatever, you know. Um and the people that have turned their nose up. They're just well, see you later. That's it. Like, oh, I'm not bothered. Yeah. And no one's really been nasty about it because I do competitions as well. So I do like CrossFit comps, and I was really mindful. <coughs> like you get lots of people looking at you doing all these things. I would get a lot of hate, but I haven't had any yeah. hate. Like loads of people were just like, "Oh, it's cool." Yeah, it's good for you. And people like really wanting to like ask questions and like, "Oh, like they're really nosy." Yeah. Because they're fascinated. So what sort of stuff do you do? Yeah, like what actually do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we've got more hate for earning more money than what we do. Yeah. Gar absolutely guaranteed. Yeah. More hate for that. And when I say to them, "Well, we pay more tax than you earn." So who's contributing more to society if you really want to go down those routes? You know, but honestly, yeah, got more hate for the money than we have for what we do. But also, I think it's a bit like, no one, well, a lot of people don't want to talk about their sex life, right? And to have it in their faces, yeah. maybe was a bit, isn't what they want, if that makes sense. But then I think, well, you're doing it behind closed doors, you're just not selling your content. We're just like, yeah, we're, we're still just... doing it behind closed doors, but we're selling it. We're making money out of what we do. Because we're not prudish. Kent Online reports. A man's been prosecuted for dumping a large pile of rubbish near to a Kent village. Jamie Roberts admitted fly-tipping the waste on Westcourt Lane outside Woolwich Green near Canterbury. The 34-year-old from Addington Street in Margate has been ordered to pay nearly £300, but council bosses say it won't cover the cost of the investigation, clear-up and court case. Plans have been put in to turn a town centre eyesore in Sittingbourne into a medical centre, pharmacy and flats. Developers were given permission last year to transform the Bell Centre site, but have made some changes to their plans. They want to build 165 apartments, but have cut parking down to just 67 spaces. The health facility would also be bigger. Meantime, a community centre in Canterbury is closing to make way for city council offices. The big drum on Rose Lane is a mix between a cafe, yoga studio and food bank, and has been providing free meals to anyone in need for the last 18 months. Volunteers have been told to find somewhere else to operate from and bosses say they're working to find a new space for the service. Villagers have vowed to battle on to save the site of a 130-year-old pub near New Ash Green. The Green Man in Hodsall Street was gutted by fire last year and demolished. The site was then put up for sale. Well, the Green Man Recovery Group, which is made up of members of the community, put in a bid for the, in the hopes of restoring the pub. However, they've been told there has been a much higher offer
developer raising concerns that it's been bought by a developer to build houses. Now, an effigy of Liz Truss is going to be burnt at this year's bonfire and fireworks display in Edenbridge. Organisers famously create a huge celebrity guy to go up in flames. In the past, it's been Katie Hopkins, Donald Trump and even John Burko. This year's creation was revealed earlier today. We are, for the first time, erecting this year's infamous bonfire effigy. There she is. It is Liz Truss herself, being created by our fabulous artiste, Andrea, who has been locked in a barn this last week, working on this magnificent design. I'm going to go in a bit closer. So what can we see on this effigy? Well, the first noticeable thing is we have a lettuce sitting on her shoulder. Um, that was because there was a lettuce that apparently um, stayed healthy long, <laughs> longer than Liz Truss was at number 10. You can see she's got her beautiful Claire's Accessories necklace on. By her feet, we got Larry the cat. He's turned her back on her as she departs. And she is also carrying her box of, um, of what she's taken with her. So her T-shirt, I am a fighter, not a quitter. Something quite redundant. Um, all of her new job cards, you can see them poking out. That's uh, She didn't even have time to take them off her desk before she had to clear out. She's got a copy of the Guinness World Records 2022, um, which as she was the shortest serving prime minister in UK history, she might well make it into that. Thank goodness. She's also got the mini budget because uh, that did not go down well. So she's taking that with her as well as her handbag and star uh, a scarf because she did like to emanate um, Maggie Thatcher. So there's lots going on and it has taken our fabulous artiste a week to design this. Um, and then with our team of volunteers, they then build it. Um, it's an absolutely mammoth project. So what happens? On the night itself, she will then be um, erected in the recreation ground alongside our 11 metre effigy of Guy Fawkes. Now, that effigy never really changes year on year, but this year Andrea has put a twist into that and all will be revealed on Saturday night. Because of course it's Saturday night when we have the uh, the big event itself. All the fun starts at 6.30 with our torchlit procession through the high street and it culminates in the recreation grounds um, where we'll have the huge fireworks display. And we use these giant effigies to um, have her in the background as our launch pad for all the fireworks that come off. Head to Kent Online to see pictures of the effigy and as you heard, it will be burnt on Saturday following that torch-lit parade. Kent Online reports. There are plans for a new luxury glamping site near Canterbury. The owners of the Port Farm Marina at Upstreet have applied for permission for four pods and 15 camping pitches. The land is on the banks of the River Stour. Proposals also include a welfare building for boat owners and people staying there. Two Kent 
weekend, farmers are among the winners at the Community Farming Heroes Awards. James and Emma Loder-Simmons manage Nonnington Farms near Canterbury and were singled out for the 23 shortlisted in the South East. They've been recognised for their educational sessions run for children, public open days and efforts to conserve biodiversity. The Countess of Wessex has been in Kent today, attending the opening of the 89th National Fruit Show. She was at the showground in Detling, speaking to those involved in the fruit industry and also seeing a careers session for school children. It's being claimed today, Thanet could be the new Ibiza. Lifestyle mag Tatler says Margate is becoming more popular with holidaymakers because of its artistic links and reputation for a good night out. Staying in the UK will also help avoid airport queues and travel costs, of course. Now you can follow us on socials today to see pictures of Jason Statham filming his latest movie in Kent. The Hollywood star was shooting scenes for The Beekeeper on the King's Ferry Bridge between Sheppey and Sittingbourne. One stunt saw a truck fly off the bridge into the water. The film is due out next year. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also sign up to The Briefing to get a daily update of the top stories direct to your email each morning. To do that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.